I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I'm Lucas Mack, and thank you for joining me. I'm really excited about today's episode. I have Jenna Brocious on. Jenna and I got connected through my friend, Lauren Salon, and we started talking. It was funny. She almost starts interviewing me more than I'm interviewing her, but it's such a beautiful episode, and it reaffirms every single one of us on this journey towards higher consciousness, more love of God, to walk deeper in his presence without the form and function of the system, be it religion, be it any system. We are walking into a new paradigm where you and your creator have the intimate personal relationship, and it's not found through a system. In this episode, Jenna and I talk about her journey, how she's found that for herself, And she's also come out with prayer cards that are incredibly beautiful. And I'm excited for her to talk about that as well. So everyone, please enjoy. All right. Well, Jenna Brocious, one of the coolest names I think I've ever heard. And um, I love your your website, Genevieve Spiritual. Um, I was going through it this morning and and you have a beautiful heart, sis. You have a beautiful heart. And so really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, I feel like not always seen. So when people see it, mm. it, it tears me up. So I appreciate you for that. Um, you know, the, when I was a kid growing up, there was a, I grew up uh, going to church and there was a song, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be a servant of all. And while I was going through your, <laughs> I don't want to sing anymore of it, but, <laughs> but as I was going through your content this morning and the cards that you've come out with, it's a beautiful servant's heart that you're bringing to the world. And it's interesting that you're not seeing, I think, or that that story comes up. We're leaving the world where the wrong things were valued and held up. And we're entering the world where the right things, values, virtues, gifts, humanity is going to be propped up. And so I'm glad that we're collaborating on this podcast to bring more of this love and light to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, tell, fill us in on your story. Where did you grow up and how did you get to be Genevieve spiritual? Well, it's so wild. I was raised by a single mother who was an alcoholic and a narcissist. Um, she definitely, I will give her this. We always had a roof over her head and I always had food on the table. So mm. I will say it could always be worse. Um, you know, it's interesting. And I've been reflecting back a lot recently because I always went to church as a child, my household did not go to church. My mother could have cared less if I went to church, but I, I would go to Awana's. I would find rights to youth group. I would always go to church. And it's so funny now when I think back about like, I've always been God's child and I didn't realize how great it was until I got older Mm. and how he was taking care of me the whole way, even though I felt so alone a lot because my mom worked all the time. Mm. Um, I was never alone. And so it's so beautiful as an adult to like look back and be like, 
he really is good. Yes. Oh man. And I just feel blessed to like have that opportunity. Oh. Crying off my makeup. Five minutes conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I've been going through it with God. Um, there's a podcast I did recently. And on and then this podcast, like I just I, I talk about everything. There's nothing off limits. We can talk about anything and everything. And and there's this one song, The Goodness of God, that CC Winan sings. I don't know, many people have recorded it, but it is the anthem that I'm just holding on to because God has always been good. And I don't know what you're going through in your life, but I've been going through like literally I've gone through lots of dark. I don't even like the term dark night of the soul. It's so cliche, but yeah, I've gone through many and I'm leaving right now the tail end of one of the darkest periods of my life. And God has been good. God is always good. God is always there. So I, I really hear you. I'll share one story. Just to, I was at this um, retreat with these Christian leaders, these men, and I left Christianity. I ran my own ministry. I was on staff for Young Life, worship leader at big churches, and, and did that whole thing. And I've stepped away from that term and that dogma, I guess. Um, yeah. And I got invited to go to this retreat with all these Christian leaders, guys that run the national prayer breakfast in Washington, DC and all these, I don't know, like they're pouring into the next generation, I guess. And I'm sitting around there singing worship songs and I haven't sang worship in a long time. I'm like, okay, God. And I had this vision because I was raised by a narcissist. I was raised by a, the devil in a way. And it's interesting where I was closing my eyes and we we're singing, um, Give me Jesus, that old hymn, you know, Fernando Ortega sings and stuff. And I saw a picture of my dad all of a sudden in my in my face, and he goes to hit me, and all of a sudden Jesus's face flies out of his hand. And my first thought was like, I don't know what Jesus looks like. And then right. I heard God say, "But your dad gave yeah. me Jesus. Like my love of God, your love of God came from. That's all we had. Like I love God. <laughs> like, and yet." That doesn't always mean it's sunshine and rainbows. You know, sometimes I, I've been wrestling and battling with God. Um, so anyway, I don't want to make it about me, but I just affirm what you're saying. And like that, God is the truth, you know, and that's all we have to hold on to. Yeah. And sometimes that's all I had to hold on to because nobody else mm. was around to guide me or help me. Um, but it was interesting because in my teenage years, I actually got really frustrated because I would go to youth group and then I'd see these kids at school and they'd be partying and doing like all these things that supposedly we're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I got really frustrated as a teenager and I actually took a step back out of the church because I was like, I'm a good person if I go to church or I don't go to church. And these people act like fools. So it actually like kind of pushed me away for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And then in my mid twenties, I was like, really questioning it again. I'm like, does God exist? Like where, like, what yeah. is this world that we live in? Yeah. And I was like, if you exist, like prove it to me. Mm. And I pulled out of the grocery store parking lot and I came six inches from getting in a major car accident. Mm. And I was like, oh, you just really chose to prove to me mm. that this exists. And I was like taken aback all over again. And I was mm. like, okay, there is something greater here. I need to like recenter myself. Yeah. And I kind of just started my journey again. And then becoming a parent, as you know, 
really just like fortified it within me that this is like the base of what I want my children to understand and move Mm. through life with. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, where did you grow up? What state? In in Spokane, Washington. Oh, I know Spokane. Well, that's great. (laughs) That's great. Um, that's amazing. And when, and then when did you move out of the Spokane area? I moved to Arizona when I was 19. I ran as fast as I possibly could away from my mother. Mm. And I worked three jobs and grinded for years just to survive on my own. And, you know, it always worked out. I would I would be short for rent and somehow a magic check would show up in the mail oh, and I would be fine. And, you know, it always worked out. And so I just always knew that life was going to be okay because if I can overcome the hardship in my younger life, I can mm. overcome figuring out how to pay rent or pay my cell phone bill, you know? So Mm. it's always just naturally beautifully worked out for me. And I know it can't just be me. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. What, um, what did you learn in hindsight from the narcissistic parent? Well, my feelings were never put into consideration Mm -hmm. at any point in time. Mm -hmm. And so I think just having more consideration for my son's feelings and even just asking him how he feels about a situation Mm -hmm. is like a huge thing for me because my feelings did not matter and feelings matter. Well, how people feel matter. That's right. That's right. It's interesting there. um, When I was growing up, like later in the church, there was this push against anti-feelings essentially. And like a feeling is real. And I started talking about like a feeling is real. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true. So reality doesn't equate to morality. Like I could feel like something bad's going to happen. Doesn't mean it will, but the feeling's real. And so when we right. get invalidated for our feelings, it's really invalidating our own sense, our own value, you know? Yeah. Well, and even just like that gut intuition that I think is so important to have. I feel like if you don't allow your feelings to happen, you also can't sense that gut feeling good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, So how do you, so I was watching you did, are you doing real estate and you're also doing coaching and, and walk me through your transition. Like once you land to Florida or Arizona, I mean, you're working three jobs, like tell me that transition. Well, I met my husband when I was 27 and I was working in the restaurant industry, which I loved because I got to meet new people every day. So it was a lot of fun for me as an extrovert. Um, And then I met my husband and it gave me the opportunity to like have the financial backing to step away from the restaurant industry and explore other things. And I knew I always wanted to help people. So I started down the crazy path of getting my insurance license because I wanted to help people with health insurance. And then that was like, I'm not a salesperson at all. I'm horrible at sales. And so then it was liquor sales and I got into liquor sales and I hated that. So then my husband's like, well, why don't you get your real estate license? Like you understand it pretty well from not having the full spectrum of knowledge yet. And so I did that because I realized in a young, at a younger Jenna that I don't like to be told what to do. Mm. I hate people telling me what to do. I don't like bosses. I am like, that's, it's a problem. And so I thought real estate would be the perfect gap of like, I can be my own boss and then I can become a mother and I can make all this flexibility happen. And I did it for five years. I actually just let my real estate license go this year. Um, But in 2019, I sat down and I was just really frustrated because 
real estate wasn't filling me up. Mm. And I was really like, I know I'm greater. I know I can do something bigger. And so my husband said, take six months off and just figure out what you want to do next. And let's be like very strategic about this. And so I sat on the floor of my office in 2019 for six months. I'd take my kid to preschool. I'd go work out. I'd come home and make myself breakfast. And I'd sit for three hours on my floor and I would pray to God. And I'm like, what am I doing? I, I know since, and I listened to that podcast you're talking about, I listened to it and you said like, there was something greater in me. And I know that I'm supposed to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. When is this thing going to happen? Right. I feel you like, I'm like, I see myself on stage, like helping and healing people. And it's not like the healing other than them finding forgiveness within themselves, which then allows for the love to flow in and then they can love more. So I feel you. I'm like, that's (laughs) That's amazing. Well, there's no accident that we're talking. There's no accident. I really feel like God is bringing us all together right now for this time. And Mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, no, that's beautiful. So, so God's showing you this, like, tell me, tell me more. Yeah. So I was sitting there and the prayer cards came to me and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this isn't, this is a cool idea. And I remember journaling a lot about these prayer cards and then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and I'm stuck at home with a three-year-old and my husband's company, we don't know if it's going to fail or succeed. And I was struggling mentally so bad just to keep like my head up, a smile on my face and just continuing on with daily life as much as we can. And I was like, you know what? I need those positive intention prayer cards. So I was Googling, trying to find things and I couldn't find anything. And so I finally chose after COVID, I had a minute to really like sit down and, you know, I would ball cry with my Bible on the table and I'd be like, God, give me the words to write these prayer cards. Mm. And it flowed so naturally. And then um, there's a Bible verse at the bottom of my prayer cards that correlates my prayer that I've wrote and I think it's so beautiful because I've had people say, oh, the Bible's so big, I can't understand it. But your Bible verse made it so digestible. Mm. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, I love that that people that are afraid of the Bible could still read it and feel it and it not be too scary for them. Right. Um, and so it's just been a full on march of getting my prayer cards out there. And then I've decided to turn my pain into passion and share my story and just be the light and the love that this world needs so desperately. I love it. I love it. Um, let's talk about, cause I, I didn't realize that this was going to come up, but let's talk about the, the narcissist as a parent and like what, what that does. Um, because I think as you're talking about how God's giving you the messages and it's flowing through, I think children, and this goes for myself that we're raised in narcissism we have nowhere to go but out of ourselves so because being here doesn't feel safe it doesn't feel grounded so we fly out so our crown chakra is like blown wide open most of the time so we can get these messages but then i remember i'll never forget in 2019 i went to a plant medicine ceremony and i started walking like a dinosaur like slowly and people come up to me like you okay and i'm like i'm fine and i felt like god like planting my it was like roots shooting through my feet for the first time ever i was like oh this is my earth like this is our earth this is not the, the earth doesn't belong to the evil the meek shall inherit the earth not the wicked not the unrighteous not the liars and the thieves and the narcissists and the abusers and the molesters and the rape this is not their earth this is our earth and it was interesting like 
this process of feeling safe enough to come back and plant energetically. So for you, I, I, mean, I see that you're there. God's given you and just the downloads coming through. How has this process been for you? Like feeling from that narcissism? Well, it was interesting because my husband told me, well, I'll say it this way. I got pregnant with our child and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be my mom's opportunity to maybe show up in the way she's never showed up for me before. Maybe this will be like our moment and this will be exciting for her to have her first grandchild. And, you know, we, it, it was extremely disappointing because she didn't show up the way I had hoped that mm. for one, one time she would show up. Yeah. And my husband said to me, you can't hold people to an expectation they did not agree to. Mm. And my mom had told me when I was 18 that she had had two abortions before me, one six months before, and could not have another abortion. Mm. So that explains to you right there that my mom did not sign up to be a mother. It just happened to be the circumstance that was put on her plate. Yeah. So once I was able to realize that I can't hold her to this like, oh, she's a mother expectation and she's holier than thou and like mm -hmm. she'll nurture me and take care of me. Yeah. I really was able to find forgiveness for her. And mm -hmm. then I was able to find peace for myself, which was like the biggest puzzle piece to it all was just yeah. being okay with myself again. Mm -hmm. And so it it's been a journey, but I think finding that peace and forgiveness after becoming a mother was more healing than anything else I've done. Mm, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Because you let go of that hurt that yeah. doesn't, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter anymore. That's right. What has been the big message for you that's helped you heal and forgive? I mean, like even with the Bible, like verses, like what is what has God revealed to you in, in this whole journey? You know, the thing that I always remember saying to myself as a child is God only gives you what you can handle. Mm. And I remember there would be, crazy arguments going on upstairs and I would just lay in my bed and I'd be like, God only gives me what I can handle. And that is just like the one thing that it might be the most simple one ever, but that is the one that has stuck with me my whole life. Hmm. And you should remember that too, sir. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, that just means we're, we can handle a lot. Yeah. Well, and don't you think that even though you might be in a mode of survival, that like there's still a purpose to that struggle because the greatness is on the other side of what you might be able to teach people one day that will save them from your situation or whatever it might be like. Yeah. I always have to think like that because if I allow myself to go down the rabbit hole, it's just not fun. Yeah. It. it well, that is true. Is I was. I'm going to share this here, even though I'm going to do another podcast about it. So it's hard to describe the chaos that I grew up in and the, the, the pain and the, in every category abused and going to church and playing the game. And my parents are worship leaders. And so it was like this dichotomy of like screaming right before we get in out of the car at church right. and then, you know, playing the game and then get back in the car and chaos and then violence and all, I mean, it was just, my whole life, all the way up until I attempted suicide at the age of 20. And then in 36 years old, I started talking about the abuse. I started having flashbacks and I started bringing it up and it brought hell on our family. We got gang stalked. 
an employee of mine got paid to log into my iMessage as me when my mom went into hiding and tried to get her to come out of it. Like we got fully, I just come from this crazy story and it's been all consuming. It's been fight or flight. It's been this insane story. And recently my wife has been sick and we have four kids and it's been chaos and it's been crazy. And my wife getting sick has 100% modeled. My mom got sick when, during this time. So I was alone. Like she couldn't, she broke and she couldn't, I mean, I don't even have the words, but I was alone. I was scared. And so all this triggering of now my wife doing the same thing, not on purpose, obviously, but like, it's this weird soul contract that God's like, all right, I'm going to send you in that. You're going to learn it. Then you're going to partner with it and you're going to lead this thing. And I have been so cis. I have been so angry, like volcanically angry, not expressing it to anyone, not no one knows, just inside like angry. And I was never allowed to be angry because like you, like happy, smile, performer, you know, like it's all good, like happy. And that's nothing wrong. I'm not diminishing that. I'm just saying like, I never got the opportunity to be like, you know, this fucking like, and I never had that outlet to to pour it out and all of a sudden it's just building and building and building in this past friday night so everyone listening this thursday so friday night i'm like all right god all right god my wife's sick kids are finally in bed and i'm like seriously i talk about your unconditional love i talk about your infinite love i talk about your love and i don't feel your love right now and i'm really angry and i and everyone just in context insists, I just want to share this is not, I don't even know how this sounds, but I'm like, can I kill, like, can I go, but would I, not that I want to, I'm just saying, if I killed my father, would that solve that? It wouldn't solve it. Can I kill, I've hated, had so much self-hatred for so long. Can I get like, I hated myself. I wanted to die. Well, I thought of like holiness was like being ethereal, like, clothing to the Holy Spirit. Like if I had nothing of myself, but I just was like clothing, like in the God, like fully embodied me. And I was like, this, like go with the wind type thing. Maybe that was holiness. So I'd like fast and pray for all these years, try to get out. That didn't solve me. So I'm getting angry at God. Ultimately is like, I'm getting angry at God. And I think I said in a podcast, I don't know if the one you listened to or not, but I was like, God, can I kill you? Like, not that I want to kill you, but what a concept. I was like, whoa. I love you, but I'm so angry at that. Who else do I blame? Who else do I pour all this out to? Right. Friday night, God said to me, then you can kill me. You can't kill me, but I'll take it. Right. Give it to me. Try to kill me. Sis, it was the most intense time of God showing me how much he really loves me. Mm -hmm. That there was no shame. There is no feeling wrong. There is no invalidating. It was God saying, go for it. Give me, hit me as hard as you can with everything you have. And I still. Still love you. Love you. Yeah. Oh, and I that's like what you. we're entering. I think this time where it's like, we're losing the form of approaching God in this. Like, it's like, no, God is looking for just the raw 
reality of our experience in this time to just give it all truly all to him. You know, how many times have we heard like I surrender all the like, guys surrender, but I'm like in this moment, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, listen, guys, like, go for it. Go for it. So that, what is you so faithful for all these years then? Just that faith. I've always, I used to say, I've always loved God. Always. Like when I was abused, I'd fly out of my body and I could see myself third person. Like I just was with God in those moments. And I felt like that was the safe, it was the safe spot for me then. But now it's like I'm integrating into my body. So I don't want to leave. I don't want to fly out. I actually want to be here and hold space in the space. And be grounded. Rough and be grounded. And it's rough, right? Yeah. Um. And I think too, I'm, I'm not trying to make this podcast about me in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying, I think too, we are leaving this form of understanding that we've held for so long of what God is, who God is, why God is, why are we, you know, you're like, well, why all these things? And he's revealing himself in a way that isn't necessarily in the form People come into the Bible through prayer cards and a beautiful heart that cries out to God and God gives that verse, not the 500 Bible versions that exist and which one to go to and like what publisher and why this is like, no, just the simplicity and pure heart. Mm -hmm. And you have a pure heart, sis, the pure in heart shall see God and you have a pure heart. Well, and you know, what's so interesting is because I met my husband and I actually had my spiritual awakening after I met my husband. Um, mm. And I have like the most supportive husband that lets me be free and choose whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I became spiritually intuitive that my relationship with God became so much bigger than mm-hmm. what it actually is. I don't know how to describe it. Like mm-hmm. he shows up to me with these crystal blue eyes and just this form that is just beyond anything I've ever experienced. And him and I have had conversations and he guides me when I am at my lowest point. Mm. And I don't see most of my Christian friends having that sort of relationship, but because I'm spiritual, I'm the bad one. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's so frustrating. Cause I'm like, no, actually I have a better relationship with God. <laughs> no, totally. But Oh, sis. Guess you can hear him more than you because I sit in silence and I choose to let him flow through me. Like, yes, yes. Yes. But I'm the bad guy. I know you're that you've been deceived. It's in even this morning. So the Bible says everyone listening, like we have people listen all over the world, different religions, different paths. And uh, the Bible says that in the last days, there will be a falling away that, that even the very elect will be deceived. And I'm like, well, I understand their context is that you and I are deceived, but I also like, are you not deceived? Like let's truth makes us free. If we're not right. free, then what are we lacking? <laughs> Truth. And so it's a fascinating thing. Even those guys that led that um, retreat that invited me, they were they were concerned that I was going into like the new age world or different things. And I said, Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's the same, then in Romans where it says, that the Jews or the Gentiles were grafted into the vine to provoke the Jews to jealousy, would it not be the same process that the gen- the new age world would be grafted into the vine to provoke the Gentiles to jealousy? That there's always a grafting in because the hardened heart must break back open. So God brings in new grafting 
right? in the new age world per se, not that they, not, there isn't no form that is the form to embody, but in this world that we're talking about, the spiritual world, it's seeking the, the desire of unconditional love, the love of God. In such a more profound way than you ever know until yes. you're there. And I'm like, yes. oh, yes. what is this amazing, <laughs> beautiful, loving place that I've like been kind of missing out on for a really long, I'm so grateful to be here now, but like, yeah, yeah. My relationship with God is just so beyond what mm. we were ever taught as children at Bible study, you know, oh, it's just like, right. And I love when I was just listening to something this morning and they said, you know, when people were sick and they would go to Jesus, he would see them in the vibration of health and amazingness. Yes, yes. And then tell them, go back and don't tell anybody because they will only see you what you, you know what I mean? Like, that is so profound and so beautiful. And why is that such a bad thing, though? Right, right. Why is the vibration such a bad thing? Because they lose control. And this is what's happening right now. It's the power structures are losing control and we are waking up to, it's interesting. I helped a beautiful brother down the street. Um, we moved into this neighborhood. I really like this family down the street. And this guy is very intelligent, funny, kind of cutting, um, witty guy. And two days ago, I helped him move some sod, lay some sod down on his lawn. And we were talking and I don't even remember what I said or what with the context, but I said that I really believe we're called to be the own heroes of our story. So we don't look to anyone else to be the hero that we actually embody the hero's journey. So yesterday we're working, I'm helping him with sod again. And he's like, Hey, I thought about what you said. And I was like, what was that? He's like about being your own hero. And he goes, I disagree with it. I'm like, I love that this guy feels comfortable. First of all, to tell me that I appreciate it. And I told him, I said, I'm not ever, I said, I don't get offended on when we talk, we can talk about anything. You can hundred percent disagree. I'm not trying to convince you of anything ever. So share what you want. Like, what do you think? And he's like, that narrative is that there, we already have a hero that Jesus is the hero and that we give our hero ship to him. And I said, well, what are we actually giving him? If we haven't faced our own battle, if we haven't looked into the darkness and realized that we're the light, when Jesus qualifies in this, that he, at the Sermon on the Mount says, you're the light of the world, doesn't say if you believe these things, do these things, and submit to this structure. It just says your very nature, I have made you in my image and you're the light of the world. So I shared this with this guy and he's like, oh, that's interesting. I said, I believe that God is more valued when we can say, I've looked at it all. I have I've addressed it all. Now I've conquered all the pain and I'm giving you this. That is a greater position of surrender than help me. I'm a victim. I, I need help. I'm powerless. And, and certainly God will honor that. But you see like the story. And I said to him, Bible, I said, words are, words matter. He's like, yeah, he's a former attorney. I go, words matter. <laughs> I said, the Jehovah Witness Bible says in John 1, 1 says in all Protestant Bibles say this, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. The Jehovah Witness Bible adds the word A in there. So it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was a God. So all of a sudden the word is a lower deity than God. So one word changes the entire context. So I said, words matter. He's, yeah. I said, well, for almost 300 years, there was only one Bible in the English language. It was the King James Bible. And it says in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the father, but by me. In 1881, Every version since changed from by to through me. So that's a huge difference. Jesus said, I don't call you servant. I call you friend. For a servant knoweth not what its master doeth. So Jesus is saying, 
come by me. Let's all go back to the father. I am just the model. Embody me in you and live your life and go back to the father. And this is a huge paradigm shift for those that are in that box of yeah. perceived, you know, and it says that we're more than conquerors. Well, where is that world? I don't see it in the four. Well, and this isn't the knock it, but it's like, come out of it. There's a verse in the Bible that says, come out of her, referring to the great whore of Babylon, which is the Catholic church, which then every Protestant denomination globally, even if they're a non-denominational, even if they're an independent, all model the same model, which is pontiff, pontificating to a congregation that receives and then lives their lives according to the rules that are pontificated in that service. God is saying, I didn't call you to any of that. I didn't call you to look to another for your, come to me. You're like, you're saying, pray and God will show up in such a mighty, visceral, beautiful, loving way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So hold on. My question is, have you always been the oddball out and a leader or has it come over time? Always been the oddball. Me too. I don't know why. I just like, <laughs> and I, over time now I love it about myself because I that's am different same, and that's same. totally fine. But I'm like, maybe that's also what makes, not makes us special, but just makes us the leaders of the light that like this mm. all needs because we aren't supposed to be part of the crowd. Right. I agree. I agree. And that's the gift I think that the narcissist gives us because it's so chaotic and it's so confusing and it's so it just spins really quick and things happen really quickly. So we have to get really good at nuance. Like what's the energy that they're bringing in? What's the sound? I used to joke around like I'm a deer, uh, not anymore, but I was a deer in the woods. Like I hear a wood crack. Do you hear that? And we're like, what's no, I'm like, something's shifted. We got to be careful. We got to run or we got to go get out of here. And uh, that was not really an honored (laughs) gift, but now working through nuance and working through all the giftings of seeing what is and also what is around what is, is a gift that I think we got from being raised by the narcissist. Yeah. I mean, I look back now and have great appreciation for my childhood because I was able to find forgiveness and peace, but also like now it allows me to have these conversations that a lot of people for some reason hide everything and i don't understand why we hide things when we hide things we don't heal we hold it right and it makes us sick so when we are able to share and realize we have more common ground than ever before it makes us so much more powerful so why are we not sharing 100 there's a verse this is funny i'm gonna actually bring jay-z into this but he has a uh lyric in the 444 album it says you cannot heal what you do not reveal and it's like why don't we reveal things? Cause we're in this society of judgment and condemnation and people thinking like you have to present yourself a certain way to be accepted. It's like, no, in love or God's love, the infinite and unconditional, like just come bring it all forth. The ugly, the beauty, whatever you want, just come. And in that, in that revealing, in that love, everything is healed. Yeah. It's, it's so funny when even like my gym, my trainer at the gym recently said like, oh, you probably had a cushioned life, didn't you? Just because <laughs> I'm like, I think the yeah. way I present myself. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
I get assumed that I just had this beautiful little childhood and life's been great for me. And I just looked at him and I was like, that is so rude of you to assume that mm. that is my life because that is the complete opposite of what I've been through. Yes. And so I just like, when I see people every day or I get cut off or people are rude to me, I just have to remember you're having a bad day and I send you love because it's just so frustrating that we all just assume one thing about each other when it's not the truth. Right. And I only love to live in the truth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what is your, what is your spiritual practice now? Like what it you pray? Like tell me, walk me through your day of connection with God. Well, before I open my eyes every morning in bed and I actually, my son will come in in the morning and I'm like, I haven't said my prayers yet. Get out of here. But I wake up and I will say what I'm grateful for that morning before I open my eyes. And I'll kind of just say my little affirmations, ease, flow, greatness. Um, and I love to do that before I put my feet on the ground, just because that's how I want to start my day is with those positive things. And then I will say my prayers for whoever I am praying for that day. And then I'll get up and start my day. And then once everybody's out of the house and I have some quiet time, I will normally, um, I will sit and pray first. And then, you know, I just, my conversation with him or whatever I'm working through mm -hmm. in the moment. And then I think it's so funny that meditation has a bad, like a bad yeah, the vibe to it. Right, right. When I meditate is when he speaks to me because that's when I'm quiet enough for him to actually talk. Yes. So it's I so love, frustrating that that's I, the thing. But. I love the saying that um, brain is us talking to God. Meditation is God talking to us. And it's so yeah. like, yes, yes. Why does it have such a bad like rap? I still like, I'm even afraid to say meditation around some of my Christian friends because Heaven forbid they don't think I'm Christian enough. It's just so weird that like. Even though Psalm 1-1 says, blessed is man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly and are standeth in the way of sinners and are sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And what is the law of God? Jesus said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is all the law and the prophet. So when we meditate on the love of God, that is exactly what we're called to be doing. That's the blessed life. Yes, yes. So yeah, I, um, I'm very connected to my angels. And so I see a lot of angel numbers. Um, so that will be throughout my day. I will see something and we will have constant conversation and I might be talking to myself in my car and I just don't care because I love to have appreciation for them showing up for me. And yeah. if that's God showing up for me or whatever you want to call it, but I will continuously throughout my day be grateful mm -hmm. when I get, even if I see a feather on the ground, I know that my angels are near and that's just, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. It makes my that's heart beautiful. joyful. I'm not, yeah. I know I'm not alone for sometimes how alone I can feel. So mm -hmm. yeah. Holy and I still feel alone sometimes. It's just, I'm a lion. I'm not a sheep. It's just, mm -hmm. that's God's path. And I have accepted. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, you know, the Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursueth. And there's this context. I love the book of Proverbs because it's a juxtaposition. There's this or this, and we get to choose one or the other, which is this 3D duality that we've been living in anyway. Like the book of John, we, we have come. So I did these two episodes with Lauren um, on her podcast, and I was talking about the numbers from and what numbers mean and Bible code and all these different things. And we have just come through the choosing. Okay. 
everyone has chosen everyone on this planet. There's not a soul on this earth right now who has not chosen one or the other. And it is felt divisive. Certainly there are people who have chosen one thing and have regretted and have repented and turned back to another path. There's a fascinating, I, I it's been a fascinating experience to watch the humanity choose. And yet that's what wild. we're called to do. It's wild. It's, it's, it's so wild. It's wild. And yet so the book of Joshua, they come out of, they come out, out of Egypt. They cross, they cross the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness. Moses dies. Joshua is about to take them into the promised land. And he tells them all, choose you this day whom you will serve. Every day we get to choose in the, and why I like Proverbs is it's the book of choice. And essentially it's like the righteous are bold as a lion, but okay. What's the counter to that? The wicked flee when no man pursueth. So you saying you're a lion, you are. I can see the lion energy and I can see and I feel it. And what does a lion represent? A lion, first of all, is a sovereign being. I talked about this on a, a podcast I was on yesterday. Out of all the cats, the wild cats, or even domestic cats on this earth, all cats have a very tinny roar. Even it might be big, it's very, it's like you string the note and you pull the note like this. The lion's the only one that has a resonance that goes wide. And it's the frequency of the lion. And even the, and the person I was sharing this with said, well, lions will sit and all the animals know where they are because they're not concerned about sneaking up on them. They know when they're ready to get it, they'll get something, they'll get something. All the other cats hide in trees or try to go through uh, brush or hiding. I think, what is it about being a lion? The righteous are bold as a lion. And a lion is a sovereign being that walks in the light, that stands for the light. And from that place, everything is put in order. They're called the king of the jungle, even though they don't live in the jungle, but the jungle of this realm because they're sovereign. That's what I've never heard that explained that way, but that is so beautiful. Mm. I I'm like, I'm gonna think about that one for a while because I've never thought of it that that perspective has never been shown to me before. Mm. Even the, if you even look up. Oh, and this is another thing I shared. This is fascinating, the lions. So you can look up like how a tiger roars. You listen to all these wild cats roars and <laughs> spend too much time on YouTube doing this, but to hear the roar and it's like, kind of like that, even there's a little broader, but the lion's like, whoa. So the frequency, the resonance that the lion will come with is, it puts everyone like, what? And yet lions can only survive in a community. Tigers, they say if, if a tiger fights a lion, the tiger wins every time. It's a bigger cat, has more capability. So a tiger can always beat a lion in a fight. But five tigers fighting five lions, the lions always win because the lions know how to fight in a pride and the tigers are solo fighters. And there's this narrative too that's been happening about lone wolf. Like I, people call me a lone wolf all the time. I'm like, no, not a lone wolf, just my pack you're my pack. I just met you and like, Oh, Hey, I pack member. <laughs> like yeah, we're, totally. we're all over the place, right? We're sprinkled throughout the land because the fallacy is that a, a lone wolf, there is no such thing as a lone wolf. Wolves only can hunt in pack and they only survive in pack. So a lone wolf dies and a lion that is not in community dies. And I think what you're, I don't know, speak for you. I'm going to ask you your experience but i feel like we're coming out of this pack that wasn't our own or this pride that wasn't our own and we're like no like you guys 
I'm not sure what's going on here, but I'm going to go and find this new community of what, you know, we're called light workers. I don't know. All these words are just words, but beautiful souls that are here to bring light, bring love, bring the love of God to this realm. Yeah, no, it's, that's been probably the hardest journey for me is um, friends. It, mm. It's just like, I either grow out of a group really fast and obviously they don't keep up. And so then I kind of have always been progressing into friendships. Um, but my son goes to a private Christian school. And so I was really excited to join this community and for us to be like-minded parents with our kids in this space. And I found out very quickly that those women are not my community. Yeah. And it was like heartbreaking for me to realize that they weren't. But then I took a step back and I was like, they don't see it the way I see it. And mm -hmm. I just have to be okay with that and just yeah. have peace with it because yeah. it's never going to be what I had always hoped or desired it to be. So mm -hmm. it's, do you have a hard time? I mean, maybe not. I have a hard time finding solid friends that understand me and don't think I'm a little cuckoo. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, yeah, we moved from Seattle to Dallas. Um, a year and a half ago and as much as i love i love it and i love the people and i love the grit and i love the humanity here it's very you know everyone first question is like what church do you go to and it's like well you know i've been on staff at churches i've i've done that and i think god's playing a bigger game than what church do you go to or what Bible study in or what small group you're at? Like God is Again, doing something. judge me by my heart, not where I go on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like it got like there was a debate at school. Like some moms were saying, if you don't go to church, you shouldn't be able to go to school here. And I was like, that's very judgmental. Shouldn't you maybe be thinking about that before you mm -hmm. speak about? Because if I have a good kind heart and God works through me, what do you care what I do with my Sundays? If I spend it with my family, because that's our only time together, yeah. then let me be. I don't have to go prove to anybody that my relationship with God is great. Like, yeah. go fly a kite. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Sis, it's um, what you just shared. I experience a lot. Experience a lot. It's interesting. I, I share this on the podcast. I don't get trolled by anyone anymore except Christians. They're the only ones that troll me. And I, that's even gone away because I've like had to figure out where that frequency and energy where I was open to that. It was more combative or like ready. So I was drawing it in, but the, it wasn't like, and it's also, you know, the Bible says that whosoever a friend of the world is it the enemy of God, which is a fascinating thing because God, didn't you love the world? So this is an interesting thing too. So in the Bible God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, I think the him is God, the father, not the son, which is in where there's this whole mindset shift. So I guess I'm sharing that I'm hyper aware and hypersensitive of like, God, am I walking in truth? I want to walk in truth. I want to walk in truth more than anything. I will leave everything. I will. What do you want me to do? I almost converted to Orthodox Judaism three years ago. I studied with a Hasidic rabbi for three years, every single week, learned all the safers, read them all. Like, like, is this the path? Like, what do you want? What's the path God? And I'll walk it. Well, you know, what's interesting in you saying that is I took a religions class in college mm. and I was so intrigued by other religions. Like I was like, I couldn't get enough information. Right. And I think it's the truth seeker within ourselves mm. that just wants to know 
everything. Yes. <laughs> so I can make my own decision, even though I've already made the correct decision of where I lie, but right. I still want to know everything before I like find I don't know. There's yeah. just something about me always wanting more education on things. That is the, tr I, I think that's a great quality that we have though. I agree. I agree. I think it's to be honored and, um, the past, I don't know, like six months, I've gotten into human design a little bit. I have an aversion to saying this is the way I am because I'm like, oh, that's not the way I'll be whatever I want to be. But also, okay, I have a natural inclination for certain things. So uh did the human design. And it's interesting that I'm a 3-5, which is labeled the martyr heretic. So the martyr has to go and experience all these different things to know themselves. So I learned very ex experientially, like I need to read it, study it, sit with it. I don't want just head knowledge. I want to embody it. I want to sit and look at it like they're looking at it, not sit across from it and look at it from an opposing view. And this has gone with, I've read, I mean, a whole library. I've read the Satanic Bible. I've read Bhagavad Gita. I've like read all these things. Like I want to read it as if, I'm reading it with them, not reading it to know it, to counter them. But did you just hear what you said? That you're the martyr that has to experience everything. So don't you think maybe your childhood was that part of you having to experience mm. all those wild things? <laughs> totally. Totally. Like it's, it, it totally is the rustling and like giving, and this is where it's so beautiful. Where you and I can talk and, and truly have a beautiful community in the, in the space to talk is, where else can we go to have these type of conversations to someone say, do you, don't you see like how beautiful it is versus judging it and like, well, Jesus says like, oh, I know what Jesus says. Jesus is also yeah. like with me through this experience or he's not with me. And then if he's not with me, then what does that actually mean? And you know, the, there's this whole narrative that don't wear, go where God's not there. That's what I like learned in like church and be like, if God's not there, don't go there. My, but David said, where can I go, Lord, where you are not? If I go to the heights of heaven, there you are. If I go down to the depths of hell, there you are. God is everywhere. God is, this is his world. And we can walk and experience it. It's the father's heart. Says, I got you. I, I got it. I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. The minute that it right. might be too much, I'll move the stuff out of the way. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So what is your, what is your theory? Because I wrote, well, hold on, wait. so I wrote positive intention prayer cards. So what are your thoughts on positive prayer versus negative prayer of the prayer of lack up? Oh man. Everything. Cause I think it's so important to pray with, with the positive aspect of it and not yes. the victimhood of it. Yes. Agreed. So everything is energy. Everything's frequency and vibe, everything. I used to not like it when I hear that, I'm like, but it truly is like our cells are vibrating at a certain level. Like everything's held together in right order, but everything's a vibration. Everything is energy. And the Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our heart actually has the thoughts that invoke our mind to pray. So if our hearts are full of fear, then our minds yeah. will produce a negative, fearful thought and our prayers will be in lack and scarcity versus if our hearts are full of love, true love. And it doesn't mean peace. Like I've been going through war myself internally, but it's still like, God, it's still in a positive, even though it feels like a negative, it's still in that positive, like exploring and pushing boundaries and learning. 
And like a like a radio, oh, I wish I had it running. I have this radio that I use, and it's indifferent. It's just a device that broadcasts a frequency that it tunes into. So if we're tuned in like that to positive frequency, our prayers are going to be positive and we'll broadcast out that positivity. But if we're tuned to something negative, our prayers are going to be negative. And God says, that's what you want. I'll give it to you. I'll give you exactly what you ask at all times. Right. This is why people don't understand prayer and God, because this prayer work, this is the question. Like I prayed for that and it didn't happen or then, well, God gives always the frequency. This is what, this is a hard teaching. Jesus said, if you tell that mountain to go move, it will move. Question is not, does the prayer work? The question is not, can that mountain move? The question is what frequency are we? And I don't think, and I think humans have been suppressed that we used to have this. How did they build these buildings that they were, you know, like, Spokane, for instance, like it's a Tartarian red brook, a red brick town. They cart and hoard, uh, horse and buggy people did not build those buildings and build the cathedrals and build Salt Lake City and and build. Where did the money come from? How did they get these stones? Who how did they cut them so perfectly? Why is it geometrically perfect? How, you're telling me like some guy on a horse rides up with a buggy and builds these little shanties, but can build these glories and no, there's a hidden history. I think humanity has been suppressed and they're doing everything they can because I do believe the reality is if we were in the right frequency, we could tell mountains to move. We could create new earth. We could create new lands. We can actually move the sonic. I always joke around like sonic drive-ins and ugly strip malls out of the way. Like this cannot be what Jesus came to rule and reign as king on. This is the worst if that's the case. But I think once the, dark frequency gets removed off of humans. And we really do understand that we are made in the image of God and that we yeah. do life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And what we speak shall be and the frequency and the resonance, the vibration of our sounds, just like a lion wool, that sound changes the environment when we pray and we pray in the positive and we pray it changes the frequency. Even right now, just talking to you right now, I feel the frequency changing. And so this, oh, for, I used to pray, I said, so I'm not sure. I haven't prayed this in, in years, but God, please, you know, uh, you know, kill the pride inside of me, rebellion, lust, perversion, seamless, lies, anger, worry, anxiety, stress, foolishness, laziness, neediness, complacency, cruelty, disobedience, exaggeration, compromising, controllingness, manipulation, offendedness, offensiveness, stubbornness, stillness, wickedness, crookedness, unforgiveness, impatience, murmuring, slanting, complaining. Please rip the roots of sin out of my heart. Please see the righteousness, holiness, truth, and obedience. Take my mind away. Please give me your mind. Please give me your mind filled infinitely with your thoughts, your wisdom, your discernment, your discretion, your knowledge, your understanding, ability to retain information. Please take my eyes and ears away. Please give me your eyes to see. Now, some of this stuff, could have been, and it goes on and on and on. It could have been a good <laughs> intention, but it, for me, it was just lack and scarcity. I hated myself and this like continuation. God's like, well, I'm all right. I'm going to keep giving you what you're saying. asking for, which is more of what you're doing. Well, and it's so interesting because I have this conversation. Often people are like, oh, the world, we're so dark. We're so dark. And I was like, yes. But for the light to come through, the darkness has to be exposed. Absolutely. So my prayer every day is that the darkness continues to be exposed so that the mm -hmm. light may come through. So I always, somebody on Instagram said like something bad. And I was like, well, the darkness has to be exposed for the light to come through. So let's focus on the light coming through, not the darkness that's being exposed. That's so good, sis. That's so good. And also like, 
you know, I have lights behind the, my computer here. I have a light behind me that creates separation from me and the wall. There's the outdoor natural light. There's my cell phone light. So how do we know which one's light? Like what's true light until it goes pure dark. And that's when we know what real light is. Even in yeah. the pink black, if this went on like that, everyone would turn. And that's what's happening right now. I think all the false light, what do I mean false light? People that say this is the light, but there's no peace. There's no love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, joy, faith, tempest, meekness against such there is no law. All that stuff's getting washed away right now and the darkness being exposed so that people finally can see who mm -hmm. and what is the true light. Yep. Yeah. So that's my prayer every morning is just mm. that the light is exposed because again, I'd rather pray for the light to come and not for the darkness to stay. Yes. So it's that constant upgrading battle of what do I actually want to have happen? Not versus what is actually happening. Mm. Tell me more. <laughs> I know we're talking. <laughs> this has really been your podcast. <laughs> um, tell me more about like, are you coaching people? I, First of all, your content is beautiful. Keep putting content out. I just found, I obviously just found you. I'm like, okay, keep going, sis. You're on the path. What, like, how can people interact with you? Do you coach? Are you stepping into this? Like, how can people support you? You're so sweet. You know, I really don't like coaching because I don't like taking on other people's problems. Mm. It's just like something that my body can't hold the capacity for. It is just yeah. really, really hard for me. I'm super sensitive. Um, even being in big crowds is really hard for me. I have to be like very cautious of myself when I'm in areas like that. Yeah. So I really just do my little Instagram videos with sharing little insight on different topics. I try every day and my website you can find me on and then of course etsy i sell my prayer cards jenna be spiritual but i i really like this sounds silly and i'm going to keep saying it but i have always known that there's something so much bigger for me inside and i've been trying out for reality tv for years That's amazing. sounds so wild but i want to be a housewife and i want to share my life and i want to do it in like the way everybody sees the world, but I want to be able to share my light and my love through a silly TV show. And I want to drive a pink Rolls Royce and be silly about it. <laughs> I love it. Good. This world is so serious. I yes. just want to be a little bit of joy and happiness that people are lacking. And I hope I can help them find it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm Good. silly. I love it. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, you never know who's listening to this podcast. In fact, Someone was on most recently shared on an Instagram story and tagged me. Someone reached out. I have no idea who the person was. Like, I heard you. Like, thank you. On he heard me, he heard this guy, Bob Fabiano, on my podcast. I'm like, I'm even amazing. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if a producer reaches out to you. Why not? It's gonna happen. The yeah, I keep, again, I keep I keep saying all my wildest dreams because they might be wild dreams, but if I believe that it's true, anything's possible. So right. who cares? That's right. I love it. Um, and also the content that I wrote, I had a book that came out in 2013. And I wrote, he who controls the narrative controls the world. And the narrative has been hijacked. Words have been hijacked. Content's been hijacked. Media is a frequency. I think we're going to have visually appealing an incredible content. I don't know if we'll call it media anymore because media is actually the Satan figure in the Hopi religion. And media is also a conjunction word of me as an ego, dia right. as in God, my God, the ego God. 
So this frequency has been a low vibe frequency, but content is a higher vibe word and the content that is going to come out, maybe there's the new housewives and truly the, the embodiment of what fun, life, love, beauty, goodness, abundance looks like. And instead of us feeling like, oh, they have and I can't have, it's like, no, we all get to have whatever the view is for their heaven. Because Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. And mansion is a conjunction word. Mansion is man, Zion. So what we, in our view of Zion is this, this place, the state. Every person has their own view of what heaven looks like. Yeah. And mansion's also subjective. Like there are 20,000 square foot homes down the street. And there are 5,000 square foot homes down the street. And there are 2,000 square foot homes down the street. All three of those, if you show someone living in the Andes or the Amazon or Africa, they're like, those are all mansions. So mansion is a conjunction of like what we view our heaven to be. And so I think it's so beautiful that you get to share this and own it and embody it. And this is, I believe, the world where we're, we're going. We are going to a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And it's I agree. Sure. Last night I did this meditation with my friend, I don't know if you follow the energetic alchemist, but she's incredible. And she did this live channeled message last night and I sat in meditation. And it was so profound. It said the higher vibrations are already here. The higher densities, fifth, sixth on and on are here. Now we just have to remember it. And the more we hold on to those, the more we embody it, the more it's created, the more they try to push a low frequency and we see it and then embody it then we're so there's this war between frequencies right now and they lose and we win because light every time though so why do people fear it if we win the good always wins at the end of the day so i always tell people i'm like why fear if the good guy always wins and we will win i think it's interesting though i've been meeting more and more people that are light workers or you know our our good vibe yeah and they're more of us than ever before because we are in the time that is needed more than ever before so i trust that we will shift this world out of whatever this chaos is because we're the greater source yes yes we are yes we are i have this quote right here it says light uh, darkness is not a counterfeit wait what is it darkness is not a counterforce to light there is no power in darkness there is there, actually it's in the universal law of light and dark, there is no power in darkness. Darkness only exists in the absence of light. Mm-hmm. The minute light goes on, darkness goes away. And we have just forgotten to shine our light. We have just played small. And I say we as all humanity has played small, done our jobs, gone to church, played this game. It's always reductionary. It's always be smaller, fit in to a tighter box, be better in this. It's like, burn it all down and let's really see the truth like turn the lights out shut it all off let's see what you know the heart of man's getting revealed and mm-hmm. so just affirm yes the light always wins good always light wins open. oh i like i love dallas if i ever come to dallas because my oh, husband has sis, a can you go to lunch oh yeah come oh my gosh i'm like i love i love the shopping in dallas by the way you have really good shopping in dallas it is very nice <laughs> it is very nice <laughs> Um, okay. I will put your website, um, Genevieve spiritual in the, um, show notes. Everyone go support this beautiful sister and her, and I'm going to buy 
her cards right when I hang up with you. No, I'm going to send you some. So don't buy them. I will send you some for you and your wife. I heard I have. Okay. I, I sent some to a positive motivational speaker and she's like, my daughter fought with me over which ones she got and which ones I was allowed to keep. And so I will just send you some for your family to have Thank together. You. So Thank you, sis. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Everyone go support sweet Jenna. And thank you, sister. My dear sister, Jenna, thank you for coming on. Such a pleasure connecting with you. Everyone go find her at Jenna Be Spiritual. Go to her website, order those prayer cards, bless yourself and bless others. And dear sister, thank you again for coming on. Well, my dear brother and sister, my family all around the world, I bless you. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.